It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My guest today is Dan Flowen, co-founder and president of PM2. PM2 is a services and consulting firm specializing in repair parts inventory for a broad array of business sectors. Dan is an avid fisherman, and he says the idea to launch PM2 was born on his boat back in 2001. Since then, God has brought Dan on an amazing and miraculous journey, which included financial ruin, a death sentence, and the ultimate breaking of Dan's will. Today, Dan sees himself as a fisher of men in training, or a fisherman's apprentice, as it were. In fact, he's just written a book called Fisherman's Apprentice, The Making of a Fisher of Men, and it's already made number one bestseller on Amazon. Dan lives in the Tampa Bay area with his wife, Julie, and their daughter, Laurel, who recently graduated from college. Dan Flowen, welcome into the corner office. Thanks, Brent. I appreciate you having me. Wow, it's great to have you here. And we met a couple of months ago. Gosh, it seems uh, like it was only yesterday, but I can't believe it was May down in Orlando at our C12 conference. And for those of you listening, C12 is a a global peer advisory group that Dan and I are both members of that uh, uh, is focused on faith-based uh, business owners around the world. And we had a first national conference in a couple of years. In fact, first national conference I've been to since the pandemic. How about you, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, what a fantastic one to be at though. It uh, was terrific. It was terrific. But I'll tell you, for those, of, for those of you that are now in the process of going back to conferences, it's a, it was a little bit eerie kind of going back to, you know, big crowds of people again. But uh, I guess we got to get used to that. How have you fared during the <laughs> pandemic, Dan, and you and your family and your in your team? Oh, we're doing doing great. Uh, we had some questions about our team because our team travels a lot. We go oh, out yeah. to our client sites. That's and, right. Yeah. And yeah. our clients, thankfully, you know, they've they did overall, they did a really nice job of not only protecting, you know, their own employees, having nice yeah. protocols in place, but ours as well. So we've been very, very blessed and uh, awesome. business is is doing fine and and family and and our team is doing just fine. Good to hear about it. Well, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but we always like to kind of start with the early years. And uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, what your early family life was like. Sure. Yeah. Well, we, we, uh, we're a Midwestern family. Um, Mm -hmm. My, uh, my, I've got one big sister, three years older than I am and uh, moved around a little bit, uh, but settled really in Nebraska Uh and Mm -hmm. uh, did high school and college in Nebraska. Did dads and, and dad or mom's work take you there or what, what led you to Nebraska yeah. or was that kind of where the family home was? 
Yeah. So my father was in sales and sales uh-huh. management uh, in oh, the yeah. agricultural uh, sector. So, you know, a lot of corn farm, corn fields right. out there. So right. he was right in the heart of uh, Midwest corn country. Yeah. Mom would stay at home. She was most of the yeah. time. So yeah. uh, from time to time, she would go to work in the, in, you know, in the office uh, at our church and things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're both believers. And, uh, you know, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about your early family life, it, it sounds like you might have grown up in the church. Is that correct? We did. Yeah. Hmm. Um, just very fortunate and blessed to grow up in a just a very wholesome, faithful Christian family. Awesome. awesome. Uh, so uh, just Sunday school every Sunday and involved much, in youth groups and so forth. <laughs> pretty much. You know, we, we found ways to get in trouble. That's what boys do. <laughs> that does happen. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but we certainly had a wonderful uh, foundation laid for us. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What were some of the things that, uh, you know, thinking back and some of the more memorable people, mom, dad, maybe youth minister, things that you remember growing up that, you know, really kind of had an impact on your later career, those early days? Well, I'd say, you know, my, uh, my father was a huge uh, impact on my life early, Mm. early on, you know, the, the way that he approached, uh, uh, business and life, you know, is, this is a, this is a very faithful and humble man. Um, yeah. and that's <laughs> being the only son, uh, humility was not my strong suit. <laughs> and so, uh, watching him really taught me a lot and yeah. a lot of, a lot of good life lessons. And, uh, and the, you know, he would come home and, and we would talk about some of the challenges and uh, problems he was uh, dealing with in business. And, sure. uh, and, and uh, it was nice to be able to just talk it out with him and, and then see how he weighed the options and tried to hear from God on what's the mm. right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And in the sales position where you're traveling a lot, I'm sure he had some challenges. Well, yeah. And a lot of opportunities to, Bend the rules. <laughs> right, right. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. And and mom as well. Uh, you said that she was stay at home when your kids yes. were young. Did she go back to the workforce later? She not not full time. She she yeah. you know part time in the church office and just a stalwart. Right. Uh, you know, Bible studier. She she was always into the Bible, doing doing Bible studies and very well read in the Bible. Um, and that was, again, you know, uh, like a lot of us, we, uh, we go to college and we forget about those things, yeah, yeah. but, but having that modeled for me early on, uh, by both my parents was, uh, yeah. was, was huge. Were you a good, good student in school? <sighs> I was a fair student in school. <laughs> <laughs> Excelled in those classes that I, you enjoyed. Dan. Would that be would that be an accurate statement? Uh, yeah, you might say that. Yeah. So <laughs> I I I I like to say I I I was a great student of life. Okay. I, I wanted to try everything, and uh, you know, not necessarily expert in ev- at anything, but I wanted to be well rounded and and be able to do a lot of different things. So I had very broad interests. Um. You know, and so uh, you, hard to find a 
president of a company that knows how to juggle and ride a unicycle yeah. at the same time. And that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's, that's right. That's just the kind of thing that I, uh, I've always, always enjoyed just, just trying new things and learning new things. What were some of the things that you enjoyed outside of the classroom? Any sports, you know, theater, music? Uh, a lot of sports, a lot of sports. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, a lot of pickup type things in junior high and high school and college, uh, intramural sports, just about every, you know, sport we, we did, uh, played mm -hmm. intramurals. My high school, my main high school sport was pole vaulting. Oh, really? Well, we yeah. share that in common. I was a pole vaulter as well. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Set so, school know, records. <laughs> I well, actually, I had one there for a while. Yeah, and I don't think good. it. Uh, I don't think don't it stands to long. this day. <laughs> Did you get up, yeah. up over 13, 14 feet, or where, where had, were you? I got the thirteen six. Thirteen six. Well, I was twelve six, so you had a foot on me. But that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. That's good. It's a great sport. I oh, it. I had a blast. Yeah, a lot of yeah. broken poles and uh, <laughs> twisted ankles. <laughs> the part I hated was always the running with the rest of the track team, right? You know, the coach. Always, I said, "Coach, I don't need to run so much. Why do you have to make us run?" Well, you're part of the team. You've got to get yeah. in fit. <laughs> oh, I guess I, I guess I had the easy way. I, I pretty much lounged on the pole vault pit. Oh gosh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'll have to go back and find that coach. Well, that's probably why you were able to, to vault higher because you know I was distracted by all those lights. <laughs> I had, I, had, my, I had saved up my energy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What about entrepreneurial things? Did you get involved in that uh, as a kid? You know, the ubiquitous paper route or other things that you were involved I, with? I did, yeah. Well, I had a couple of good friends, um, and their last name was Fisher, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of buddies of mine. And so the two Fisher brothers and me, we, let's see, we started off with a landscape company. Uh, oh. We called it, we called it 3F, uh, 3F <laughs> landscaping. And we, uh, we borrowed a friend's pickup truck. I, tr I actually traded my pickup truck for the summer for, uh, or I should say I traded my, uh, my KZ 400 motorcycle for my friend's mm. pickup truck. He had an old oh. beat up Chevrolet pickup truck. Nice. And so he wanted to ride the motorcycle and I needed his pickup truck. So we went and uh, <laughs> Fair did trade. a trade and, and we specialized mainly in building retaining walls. Oh. So, and then we, uh, that was one, one year. And then we, then we branched out and we opened up 3F painting. So we started painting exteriors know. of homes. So, um, yeah, from quite early on, maybe, you know, high school, really. Um, we started to, to, to do those kinds of things and, um, and being what were some a, of the, go ahead. Uh -huh. well, being in a large church community, yeah. you know, it's easy to get customers. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> what were some of the vices you spent that money on? Uh, now this is a Christian call, but my answer is, <laughs> that was my, a loaded question. My yeah. answer is, is beer. <laughs> Well, that's, that's, that's uh, certainly mild enough. I can imagine. Was there always the intent to go on to college? Was that something mom and dad, uh, you know, inspired you to do early on? And you know, when that came around, that was a natural thing or, or is that something that you pursued? You know, I had some, some lapse in judgment around my senior year that I thought I was going to go down to Texas and work in construction. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. uh, my father and his wisdom and patience said, if you will go to college, I will pay your way. Mm, and, nice. and so 
that was that was the uh, the offer, and so best decision I ever made. Um, yeah. Great, great college experience. Not so much from the. I, honestly, I don't like going to school, but I liked the <laughs> experience of being there. I was president of my fraternity and and things like that. So we awesome. learned a lot yeah. about leadership. Yeah. When you're dealing with 75, essentially volunteers that live right. with you in a big house and you're trying yeah. to get things done. So right. Right. a lot of great lessons there and, and some bad mistakes. Then I, I'm glad I had the opportunity to make them there. You know, before. you were at Lincoln University of Nebraska, big, big football school, right? That must've been a lot of fun. The, the, yeah. the games, 40, 50,000 attending, I'm sure. Yeah. Like oh, that. 70. Yeah. And wow. back when we were good. <laughs> and you studied <laughs> journalism. Tell tell me a little bit about um, the choice of that and, and what inspired you to, along those lines. Well, in those days, and this is back in the uh, 80s, mm-hmm. um, the best advice that was being given to, to our group of um, graduates was, unless you are specifically going to pursue, you know, a specific, uh, trade or, uh, right. uh, uh, you know, be a doctor an engineer, things yeah, like yeah. that, go for a liberal arts degree, arts, something yeah. mm-hmm. broad. And so that's, that's what I did. I always, you know, was pretty decent with, you know, English and th- topics yeah. like that. And so, um, that was, that was the route I took. I really never, had it in mind to be a journalist. Ever. Right, right. It's not the, you weren't um, set to go join the New York Times and move no, to New York. Or <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But even that, um, you know, when you think well, like a journalist. It's good for learning how to write and, and read it, and it, dissect. That's an important it, leadership history. It does. And you think about, you know, yeah. as a journal, if, if you're writing for a paper, you've got to get to the point quickly. That's right. And that's, that's, right. A, good, that's a good skill to have in the executive office. Yeah, yeah. What was that first job out of college? Did you uh, go right into, uh, you know, your 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 now field, or or was there some diversions before you joined Granger and then went on to founding your own company? First job out of college was at GE. Oh, and, right, and uh-huh. uh, and it was actually in it was actually GE Supply, and so they're okay. the, the wholesale supply yeah. arm of GE, and so I was a uh, branch manager trainee at the time and, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, great experience. Yeah. Great company. Oh, yeah. Did, did they come and recruit at the uh, university of Nebraska or how, how did you connect? No, them? they didn't. I, I packed up my car and yeah. drove to Texas yeah. and moved in with a, a fraternity buddy of mine and then started to look for a job. I did not right. have a job coming to Dallas. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you made it to Texas anyway, not, not, not as uh, you had originally intended, but that was your, uh, (laughs) that was your ultimate destination. Yeah. Lots lots better position than, uh, than I had planned. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did you stay with GE? Very short time, just a matter of months. And then um, how that happened was uh, some of the, well, actually a lot of the leadership um, at GE Supply was being raided by Granger. By Granger, yeah. And so people were jumping ship going over to yeah. Granger and then the call came to me, hey, you yeah. want to come you want to come do this thing over here at Granger yeah. and and that's that's really where my uh, my longest uh, career, you know, yeah. other, other than PM2 our the company we now own and right. run. Um, you know, with Granger for I don't know, 15, 17 years. Yeah. 
Yeah. And did you get leadership responsibilities at Granger pretty early on? How, how are they in terms of training and development? Exceedingly good. I, yeah. Almost uh, almost like drinking out of a fire hose. Uh, <laughs> very, very thorough training uh, program. Um, I was hired as the, uh, again, a branch manager trainee and lots of very quality training. And so, you know, you're given leadership just well, virtually day one um, right. as a as a manager trainee, That's and then awesome. um, I guess about six months later, I was given my first branch to run. Mm-hmm. And it was at mm-hmm. a time when we were we Granger were really expanding quite a bit, um, building mm-hmm. lots of branches. So I got to be part of that. Um, not only. Um, managing them but actually building them and right. and right. installing them and so very uh, very interesting time yeah. for that so what were some of those early uh, leadership lessons you learned granger well i would say the i would say the the first lesson is just listen Hmm. Uh, you know, I said before, humility was not my strong suit going in. <laughs> and so, you know, we oftentimes we go into a job situation where we're new and somehow we get the idea that we've got to be the ones with all the answers. Um, right. And we, in order to establish our, our leadership and our, uh, you know, our presence and integrity, we've got to be doing all the talking. And that was a mis- that was a, a big learning for me. You know, I came in. Uh, I think Julie, my wife, <laughs> has told me many times. Um, had she met me, then she would not have liked me. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I really learned how to be a little more human, All right. and uh, and and actually slow down. I, yeah. I you know, yeah. I hit the door. Uh, running right and uh you know uh, impressed impressed uh my managers on one yeah. side of the 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 coins but, but left my employees behind yeah. i think yeah. in a lot of cases yeah. so that was a, a learning early on yeah what would you remember the first time you started managing people was was that at granger uh I w- yeah, I would say so. I would, yeah. I would say that there was a job in between there, uh, between um, GE and Granger that right. I took for a little while, but uh, you know, just kind of an office manager kind of thing. But, yeah. but really, yeah. to be responsible for a team, right. uh, the whole operation within the walls of that building, that was really Granger. So um, very, uh, very great experience. You had a lot of bosses over the years as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. We've always had good bosses and bad bosses. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you could kind of remember maybe one lesson from each, mm-hmm. you know, what, what would those be that you could say back and, you know, focusing again on the Granger years? Hmm. Well, I would say my best boss was later in my career when I became a part of the Granger Consulting Services team and ultimately hmm. uh, became the director of operations there. Um, and what I remember about what Steve would do, he would give me assignments that I thought at the time were over my head. Mm. And 
you know, placing that level of, of trust and confidence in me and not just giving me an assignment over my head and walking away. Yeah. It's, you know, giving me a big assignment, encouraging me to, to, you know, to, to, to uh, persevere right. and, and, and get it done. And he was there to, you know, if I, I didn't have to feel bad about not knowing something. I, it wasn't very comfortable to go back to him and say, Hey, um, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm stuck here. Can you give right. me some, some, some direction? So that was, uh, I think great. And I learned a lot from him, um, in that way to really, really lean into your people and you know, to yeah. draw, draw their capabilities out. That's what motivates people. They want to mm. be challenged. Indeed. Yeah. And on the opposite side, no names even were mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> side was uh, just a sheer lack of communication. Mm. And it was made very clear to all of my peers that whenever we were in a meeting with her and the phone rang and it was her boss, that meeting was over. Meeting was over, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it became, you know... You 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 understand where you are in the pecking order, and yeah, and you right. became very unimportant. Yeah. Um, mm. So so yeah. So that's that was another one. You know, hey, you know, when you're present, be be present. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Got it. Great mm -hmm. great learnings. So you said about 15, 20 years with Granger. Now you've been just a little over twenty years with uh, professional materials management or PM two. Tell me a little bit about that transition, and and you know, importantly, kind of what what role did God play in that in terms of making the decision to go out on your own? Yeah. So I mentioned I was the director of operations for yeah. Granger, and the kinds of services that we did in consulting services group were very similar to the type of services that we do here at PM two. Right. Uh, now we've we've expanded upon that, but we really cut our teeth uh, inside the Granger organization. So you know, for for five six years, we were I had a pretty good sized team within Granger, mm -hmm. and at one point, Granger decided, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cease operations as a standalone P and L, charging for fee for this, mm -hmm. and and kind of bring it internally. So and really just have it offer it as a value added service, uh, uh, not so much a, a for fee type service. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that as an opportunity, me and my two regional uh, operations managers saw that as an opportunity to go out on our own, launch PM2 back in 2001 and come right back to Granger and other uh, distributors to say, hey, you know, the need's still here. Right. Uh, we understand the business, you know, and agreed with the the business reason why they why Granger made the choice they made, but the need was still very much there, right. and so so we launched PM two, and within uh, really just a few months, we had a a partnership uh, in place with Granger, and oh, we're that's great, courting yeah. others, and huh. and really, it's been a wonderful relationship with with several at this point, several distributor partners that. Yeah really call us into some very, you know, blue chip client relationships that we might not otherwise right. be able to get into on our own. So Granger didn't see you as a competitive threat, sounds like. No, not at all. Yeah. They saw us as yeah. a compliment to what we were, what they were doing. Yeah. Yep. And the second part of my question, how, how was God involved or was there, you know, kind of a, uh, 
road to Damascus uh, moment as you were going through that transition? <laughs> well, you know, the, the real road to Damascus transition point for us happened about three years after we launched PM2. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, again, here we are. We're, we're, we're young, you know, businessmen thinking we've got the world by Top the tail. Top of the world. Yeah. Right. You know, and after three years of really struggling uh, in the business and uh, really wondering, are we going to, are we going to make it or not? Um, I, I'm a fisherman and uh, <laughs> have been for years and we, I was standing out on the dock. I remember this very clearly standing on the dock, casting a, a lure along the seawall. And I heard a voice tell me, Dan, the business is mine. It always has been. Hmm. And you need to turn it back over to me and I will take care of you. Wow. And I, prior to that, I can't recall any time I ever experienced a voice like that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was an audible voice, but it was right. definitely one I heard. Hmm. And, you know, that took a while for, for it to sink in. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, you know, but then looking at it, you're thinking, he can't possibly do any worse with it than we have in the last three years. <laughs> so. You know, at the time we, uh, we were, I was 50, 50 partners with my, with my, uh, partner. And so then the question became, okay, um, I'll give my, you know, half back to, back to God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I needed to, I, when I got off the gumption to call Eric, uh, knowing Eric now, like I know him, it shouldn't have surprised me at all, but he was on board immediately. Mm -hmm. And if, if we were on video right now, I could show you a graph uh, <laughs> of how PM2's business the very next month uh, skyrocketed. Wow. And, and continued to grow. So, yeah. and certainly, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a project based business largely. Right. So, so there's certainly, you know, peaks and valleys between projects, but overall, over the, over the long haul, you know, once we gave the company back to God, God really mm. blessed that and honored mm. it. So what does was, that look like day to day for you, you know, and giving the business over to him? Well, what it started with for me was really redefining who we are and whose we are, you know, we had to change our mission statement. We had to inform our, our contractors and our employees that they now work for a company owned by God. And what does that really mean? So yeah. we, we came up with uh, um, a few years into it, um, this thing we call the rules of engagement. Hmm. And the number one rule is always act as though God is watching because he is. Right, right, and and you know, and uh, and about five or six other rules that we that we uh, try to apply to the way that we we go about business every day. It took a little while, I'd say years, hmm. before I we had the gumption to really be out front with it with our clients hmm. and and yeah. our partners. Was and there some fear there? You know, what was that? Absolutely. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Scare are, people away. Or gonna, yeah. You know. Yeah. And I remember one, one, one partner 
meeting in particular, and I'll leave the names uh, unspoken, but <laughs> we had a, a very, very large distributor opportunity to to become a partner with this distributor um, to the tune that it would perhaps double our business. Wow. And I just felt called and led to really lead in our, you know, our, our PowerPoint presentation and the, and the brochures that we were handing out lead with, we're a company owned by God and we try mm. to live by those standards. And boy, I prayed about that and I fretted yeah. about that. You know, <laughs> I thought, wow, you know, this is really, I could really, blow this whole deal right here. Oh yes. <laughs> and, and it went, completely better than I ever imagined, wow. you know, wow. and then Welcomed. really since then, um, we've continued to do that. And so now when we're, when we're out on, uh, we do a lot of conference calls, especially now, uh, in days of COVID and things like that, but, right. uh, we lead with that and yeah. you know, we, 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 we try to put it in a, in a way that, Hey, you don't have to be a Christian to work with us and you don't have to be a Christian to hire us. But these are the, right. these are the standards are the that we yeah. like to try to try to live by. And one, one time in a probably 10, 12 years of kind of being out there with it, have I ever um, had a complaint about that? Yeah. yeah. And, and I would say the, other times it actually vastly improved our uh the reaction by the client or the partner whether they were christian or not people people want to work with people that know who they are well that's right yeah and have integrity that's right that's right with that yeah awesome yeah Tell me a little bit about your leadership style, you know, thinking back to the days of Granger and GE before that. And, and now, you know, and like take the last four or five years now of, of running PM2. What, what, do you, what do you think the significant changes have been in terms of your leadership style? Well, from, you know, early on, I have uh, really matured, I think, and. You got, got humble. Got humble, or <laughs> more humble, maybe. More humble. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more humble. But, uh, you know, I think my style now, as compared to in the early days, what is to be much more of a, a, of a listener, be a, be a better delegator. Mm. You know, uh, one, of, one of our guys in our C12 group has, has said it many times, and it just sticks with me. Just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's simple, guys. Surround yourself with good people, and you're yeah. going to succeed. Right. And so, right. you know, hire the right people. It's a pretty people, simple formula. Yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then make sure that you pour into them. And so as I see mm. my role today, I see my role as a uh, really a bit of a mentor um mm. and and vision caster you know but the day to day uh working in the business as opposed to on it i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm rarely in the business i'm yeah. i'm really talking to people on a more personal level right. you know we learned you know you can actually i'm reading a book right now called the janitor i recommend it um but uh it's it's a it's a parable about a CEO 
who is learning what it is to have life balance mm. and and how his productivity, not, not only in his own productivity, but the productivity of his people was actually improved uh, and their mental acuity was improved mm. when the balance in their life was, was in, in better shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say my style now is, uh, trying to focus on the, uh, the person and not the, not the job so much. And, and certainly clear goals, clear vision, things like that, but making sure that the person is whole and healthy yeah. to do the job that they were, that God gifted them to do. And That's I guess, critical. and, yeah. And putting them in the right place, of course, right seat on the bus, right? Absolutely. Now, you started with uh, two other partners, as I understand. Are they still mm -hmm. involved in the business? One of them is, yeah. Um, them is. The mm -hmm. first um, kind of left early uh, right. before those, uh, the first three years were really tough. And he yeah, he kind of <laughs> lost, lost the vision of, you know, do we yeah. really... Is this going to be viable or not? So, right, but right. Eric and I have been in it from from day one. So he's and he's, what is Eric's role? How do how you guys split responsibilities? He's vice president and uh, with responsibility of uh, a lot, but operations and is very heavily involved right. in business development and sales as well. So he's got yeah. a lot of a lot of fingers in the yeah. in the pie there. Company culture is so important. You know, everybody talks about it, and yet. It's, um, you know, so much dependent upon the leaders of the organization. How, how do you go about, you know, day in and day out, um, you know, kind of espousing the, the, the culture that PM2, you know, professes to be? Uh, you know, is there town halls that you have? Mm -hmm. Do you have email communications? Do you do, you know, lunch meetings with your staff? What, you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, it starts with your leadership team. So yeah. one thing we do every morning is we do a morning devotion call. Mm. Um, it's a conference call. And I typically lead it uh, just 30 minutes and we yeah. we read a devotion maybe. Um, and actually we're we're working through a uh, the 365 day Bible on right. Bible dot, uh, or Bible gateway. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think where it starts and preferably first thing in the morning to put your leadership team in the right frame of mind and give them the, yeah. you know, send them, send them forth through the day because our teams are out and about. Uh, I don't get the opportunity and our, our leaders don't often get the opportunity to stand around a, a you know, a water, uh, a water, a water fountain and right. have a, a conversation. Usually those conversations, if they're happening, when they happen, they're on the client site or yeah. maybe they're in the lobby of the hotel before they head out to the client Go site on. or something yeah, like right. that. So, you know, it's, it's the little things, you know, before we have a meal together, we make sure that we pray before we, yeah. before we start a project, we want to make sure that we pray for the safety of our team. Um, there's been some just great opportunities to actually pray with our clients mm, as they're out wow. there. They, they, uh, they see us praying and they're like, Wow. I want some know, of that. I, you know, I got, you know, I got, a, I got, I got a some problem. issues. Can I throw my name in a hat? You know, so that's, that's, that's uh, awesome. I wish it happened more often. You know, it doesn't, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't, I can't tell you it happens all the time, but you know, some people are more comfortable with praying out loud than others, but, right, right. but, you know, just keeping that in front of our team and, and then we have a, 
we have a thing we we uh, we say here at PM2 when God does something, it's our job as leaders to call it out. Mm. So so oftentimes, you know, we pray, we you know depend on God's provision, and so many times opportunities come from places we're not even looking. Right. And, you know, and God does that on purpose. Right. Because he, he wants to, <laughs> you know, he wants to make sure he knows that we know who's who's providing. Right. Uh, he's also got a good sense of humor. He right. does. He's got a fantastic <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. Sometimes I don't laugh at his jokes, but, you know, no. <laughs> but in hindsight, sometimes they're a little funnier than they are in the moment. Right? Exactly. I agree with that. But unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, our our team in the field don't get the benefit. Yeah. of seeing those things. Right, sure. And so it's our job as leaders to make sure that we share those those instances and those right. those miracles with with our team. So how do you do that? Do, do, do you have personal conversations or ways in which that's uh, communicated back out? Yeah, sometimes it's uh, personal conversations. Sometimes it'll be um, a video. We'll, we'll do a yeah. short video and we'll send it out. Hey, guys, I just want you to know, look what just happened. Yeah. Um, so we like to, uh, we like to, from time to time, you know, send, send short videos and, and emails out just to, again, just keep it in front of people. Part of the other, uh, thing that, uh, we've done in the last few years is we've launched, uh, what's called PM2 foundation Mm. and the whole premise of the foundation, the charter of it is to be able to take, uh, 10% of PM2's profit and fund ministry with it. So we have a ministry committee that, you know, uh, um, meets, oh, probably once a month Mm -hmm. uh, to just look at what are the opportunities. And it's just kind of an open, open forum too. You know, if you see somebody has got a need, they can't, they can't fix their car yeah. Uh, and their, you know, their wife can't get to work because her car's broken. You know, we have an op- we have a fund that's that's set aside specifically yeah. for that. So, um, you know, the the challenge is getting people to to use it. You know, right. Uh, right. we we did something else a few years back called uh, uh, Christmas Wow Money. We gave people a hundred dollars <laughs> of cash and sent them a hundred dollar bill and said, "Here, just." Just bless somebody, you know, this Christmas <laughs> season. And you can't believe when you've got a hundred dollar bill that's not yours, that's it's God's, the pressure to <laughs> do something right with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people came back and they're like, wow, that was really hard because I, you know, I had to pick the just the right person, you know, and it was so uh, important. I mean, it's yeah. yeah, it was really, really kind of cool. So we try to do, you know, little things like that just to kind of keep that undertone of, hey, you know, we're we're trying to be a Christian organization. We we say we're owned by God, so we're trying to act like it. Right. Right. Yeah. How many staff uh, are you up to now? PM2? We're about 30 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What, what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in and hire? Character, character, mm. character. Yeah. Um, we can train just about all the rest. I mean, there, yeah. we do have a level of expertise that we would love to see being in our, in our industry that, that somebody understands what spare parts inventory is about and is able to identify things. So certainly experience is nice in that, but 
you know, first and foremost, we're, uh, we're looking for the, the right fit and a person of high character. Mm. Um, so hard to find sometimes. How, how do you go out doing that? I mean, you know, 35, 45 minute interviews sometimes can be a little deceiving, right? Mm -hmm. You probably had a few of those over the years, but do you use a tests or assessments or are there, you know, ongoing conversations? How, how do you get it? Yeah. For our key people, and I think moving forward here in the short term, it'll be every person, but for, for like, you know, managers and above, like project managers, we mm. give what uh, it's called a live styles test. It's really a, mm. a combination of uh, several tips, tests, NBTI and others. Mm. And that's been a wonderful indicator of mm. how has God wired this person? Mm. And then we also do a, uh, it's a, it's a questionnaire uh, to just say, what was the most difficult thing that you had to deal with in your life? Tell me, tell mm. me about it, you know, and mm. what are some of the victories that you've had in your life? And it's a written thing, you know, it's not yeah. even in the interview. So they get a chance to sit down with us and really give it some thought and, and type out their response. Open-ended. Yeah. Right. You know, and, um, that's been tremendous to to really understand who's who, and that's unfortunately I, I wish I could tell you I learned that lesson sooner than I did. Um, <laughs> but really, it's just been in the last really few years, three four years, where we really started to f identify and prioritize. You know, you've got to put the right personality profile in the right yeah. position or they're going to just be frustrated That's at right. best and yeah. fail yeah. at worst. Yeah. yeah. And so really yeah. important. Yeah. Psychographic texts are great. You, you learn so much about other people and it's also about how to work, how to put people together, right? Yes. Because sometimes you need to have differing types of strengths against exactly. you know, opportunities, you know, and it yeah. gives the opportunity to do that. Well, Dan, we're just about out of time, but we always have one last question we ask all our CEO guests. And that's kind of what career life advice would you give someone that maybe has their eyes on the corner office, maybe, you know, to become an entrepreneur like you mm -hmm. someday, mm -hmm. that maybe is working for a large company and thinking about it. What, what, what would you tell that person? Over the years, and I've been one of them, I, I, I've seen people and I've watched myself scurry around in a hurry trying to identify what my career path is or what mm. their career path is and making very, at the time, thinking very strategically, you know, I have to make this strategic move. You're thinking of your career as almost a chess game. Mm. And that's just not how it works. Mm. Um, you know, certainly you can do things that are wise and strategic, but I would say my advice is the sooner you can uh, really build your relationship with God and hear from him. Yeah. Um, if you join God in what he's doing, you will not fail. Mm. And so understand what he's doing in your life, in this company that you happen to be a part of, and then join him in it. And mm. there's just so many, gosh, you go to the Bible and there's so many examples of, you know, leaders that, that were, risen to very high places, Joseph for one, Moses for one, very high places that these were, these were people that probably wouldn't have even made it through the first interview round. <laughs> right. But 
but they depended on God. They heard his voice and they were obedient in what God told them to do. And then they joined him in what God was doing. And so, uh, and that can, that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, <laughs> I know, no. but you know, it's, it's a discipline, you know, we've got to set time aside in the morning to really try to hear from God, you know, spend yeah. some time in the Bible, spend time with good, you know, Christian brothers and sisters to help interpret what you think you're hearing. Right. And then, right. and then act and act accordingly. And I think opportunities, tremendous opportunities, uh, if we do that, is is going to come come your way because God will bless it. Amazing, great counsel. Well, Dan Flynn, president of PM Two, thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you, Brant. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 